The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All these guys who run these organizations who talk about analytics, they have one thing in common. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get the game. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. As you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? Not a geek. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. Self-deprecation is the best kind of humor. Second hour of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Oh, you see, look at a podcast. No, it's not a podcast. It's a show. We're live. This is our first episode. Look at this. See, I got to get back to the swing of this. Uh, Yes, every single Sunday from here on out from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time, that would be 9 to 11 for those of you on the East Coast. I think I did that correctly. I get a nod from the back of approval. Cool. Thank you very much. Uh, Yes, every single Sunday from now until the end of the basketball season. So if you're just tuning in, if you miss out on this, uh, the episodes will be up at the Harvard Handicappers podcast feed uh, and anywhere you get your podcasts, all that good stuff. So we will be here for two hours every single Sunday with you. Very excited about that. Now, some things to update before we get to tomorrow in the contest that will take place. Um, two things. One, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, good Lord. So we updated this game right before we talked with Doug, and we had, the Warriors were up by 17 points in the third quarter. Well, courtesy of a 26-1 to run, The Dallas Mavericks have a 104-98 lead with 19.4 seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. Now, this is important for many, many reasons, right? One, the comeback. We were talking about this off the air in terms of the in-game price. If anybody gotten down on the Dallas Mavericks when they were down by that many in the seven, or excuse me, in the the third quarter, the other is an angle that Doug was talking about that we were talking about with Kazarian uh, just a couple of minutes ago, which is, you know, the Warriors should smell blood in the water at this point right now. The Phoenix Suns, of course, have Chris Paul on the sidelines. They have lost uh, a home game to the New Orleans Pelicans. They got blown out. or I shouldn't say blown out. They got beat up in the third quarter today against the Utah Jazz that ultimately made the difference in a four-point loss in their home court and now just hold a five-and-a-half game lead over the Golden State Warriors in the last few weeks of this regular season. So the Warriors should be, you know, very, I wouldn't say desperate, they should be aggressively hunting these victories because there is a chance to get the number one overall seed and then a 1-8 matchup with a Lakers, with a a Clippers, with the Timberwolves. I think they're going to win the seventh seed. But regardless, you you understand what I'm saying here, which is you want the number one seed in the Western Conference. The Warriors have potentially an opportunity to do so, but dropping a game like this obviously will go a long way in uh, failing to do just that. So we'll see if they can hold on, or excuse me, come back, and the Mavericks can hold on in this contest. Uh, Also worth noting, Kelly Olynyk 
with the game winner for the Detroit Pistons today. That game was forced into overtime by the Charlotte Hornets. Well, it's a 127-126 final. The Pistons get the victory against Charlotte in this contest. Yeah, Kelly Olenek with the follow-up baseline jumper as time was winding down to give the Pistons a 127-126 victory. Their 15th win of the season, and now... We just need about we just need 12 more wins from the Pistons to get this thing over the win total. It could happen. It could happen. Also, an update, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, as we kind of talked about at the beginning of this one, right, they were going to be hurting for offense. They were a team that kind of got by, taking advantage of some other squads right before the All-Star break that just wanted to get to that break. Well, they are down. I'll wait for the finish in this transition, 59-40 to 40 to the Denver Nuggets uh, right now, and they close as about 8.5-point underdogs. The Portland Trailblazers did. They are 17.5-point underdogs in-game. So, Dan, there you go. Take your shot. 10 to 1 on the money line if you want. If you, if you think the Portland Trailblazers and Trendon Watford at center are going to come back for you, which I don't think is probably going to be the case here. But hey, play this back when they ultimately do. And we're about two, three minutes away from the start of Pelicans and Lakers, which will at least keep you up to date as we move along in this second hour. 10 minutes from now, Will Hill, host of the New York City uh, cast, is going to be with us as we discuss everything Nets and Knicks. So let's look ahead to tomorrow. Uh, some pretty big games, and I think the biggest, of course, is going to be a battle between the two teams that are at the top of the Eastern Conference right now. Chicago Bulls will meet the Miami Heat in South Beach. Overnight line right now, Heat 3, with a total of 225.5. Some injury notes for you as we look at this matchup. First off, Nikola Vucevic, for those who were paying attention on Saturday, near the end of that game against Memphis, saw him kind of come up, grabbing his ankle, uh, looked like maybe he twisted it, slipped on it. Sounds like he's going to be fine. He's indicated as probable. So it should be good to go in this matchup against the Miami Heat. And a big loss for Kyle uh, for the Miami Heat, and somewhat worrisome, uh, Kyle Lowry will not play tomorrow for personal reasons. For those who don't remember, Kyle Lowry missed about nine games right before the All-Star break uh, due to personal reasons. There's no word on what those personal issues are. Obviously, hope for the best with Kyle Lowry and whatever's going on with him. Uh, but this is now something that is extending into this uh, post-All-Star break run here for the Miami Heat. But a massive game in terms of winning the first seed in the Eastern Conference. So this one, all eyes should be on it as the Chicago Bulls are looking to bounce back after a loss to the Memphis Grizzlies in Miami in a shootout against San Antonio the other day. You see the line here up to 3.5 in favor of Miami, total of 224.5. And got to say, look, Miami, with or without Kyle Lowry, but without Kyle Lowry, we'll focus on it because he's not going to play tomorrow. Uh, they should be just fine. Without Kyle Lowry on the floor, they're scoring about 114.3 points per 100 possessions. And in fact, that's a really interesting number because if you look at their starting lineup, right, the, which is Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, uh, P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo, one of the things that that lineup struggles to do is score. Uh, they defend at an insanely high level. Defensive rating with those five out there is in the range of 91-92, give or take a couple of points because uh, I haven't checked it in a couple of days. But they're very good defensively. But offensively, they kind of struggle. In the range of about, I think, 108 is their offensive rating with those five out there. You can tell, obviously, a very big difference here. While their defense falls off, uh, their offense is much better without Kyle Lowry out there. Their half-court offense is better. And then you get to the matchup itself. Miami 2-0 straight up and against the spread against Chicago this season. Most recently met on December 11th, so it has been a minute. But Jimmy Butler didn't play in that game, and Chicago got smacked 118-92. Also worth pointing out, Lonzo Ball did play in that game. So it was a better defensive version of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, that ultimately fell in a very big way to the Miami Heat. And I have to say, uh, no disrespect to the Chicago Bulls, but there was a reason why when the injuries first started to take place here with uh, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball, that I kind of pegged them for a potential slide down the standings that ultimately never took place because DeMar DeRozan's incredible, uh, is because their defense was going to suffer. And I think in matchups like this, 
where you have a defense that is capable of suffocating them in transition, in half-court situations, that have multiple defenders to throw at a guy like DeMar DeRozan and or Zach Levine, even without Kyle Lowry on the floor, and a well-coached team at that. Uh, this is a matchup of the fourth-best offense in the NBA taking on the fifth-best defense, and that defense still can, I think, do some damage here against the Chicago Bulls. And by the way, big matchup to watch here. Bulls have really struggled in terms of rebounding, namely getting second chance points. It's been one of their weaknesses. There's one of the better rebounding teams in the NBA at this point, especially keeping teams off the offensive glass. So this is going to be one where you could totally see the Miami Heat coming in, putting the clamps down and suffocating. And I think the market uh, moving this to right now, we're looking at uh, three and a half starting to pop up. Still some threes out there would agree with that fact and the fact that maybe we'll start to see this total dip here a little bit opened up 225 and a half wouldn't be surprised by the time we got to the game tomorrow this got a little bit lower in terms of the total but we'll see because san antonio came out down three starters the other day and had a high scoring affair that ultimately went over the total against miami heat so we'll see if ultimately the chicago bulls can do the same with that the other big matchup here, Toronto on the road against Brooklyn. This is big for many reasons because Toronto and Brooklyn are going to play each other uh, in consecutive games. These are also, right, the teams that are 7th and 8th, respectively, Toronto and Brooklyn, in the Eastern Conference play-in situation. So uh, what this means, and I, actually, from a non-statistical, like just conspiracy theory standpoint, I'm fascinated by this because if you're in the situation of Brooklyn, right, who could be playing the Toronto Raptors in a play-in situation. Like, I mean, Kyrie Irving can't play in Toronto. He also can't play in Brooklyn. So how you handle this from this perspective is it would seem you want to win these games. Initially, it was thought that, hey, maybe you'll lose if you're the Brooklyn Nets because you want to be on the road. Not in a situation like this because there's a better chance that your vaccine mandate could get repealed. And the fact that we're talking about vaccine mandates in the postseason and all this is absolutely incredible. Uh, why this NBA season, why the Brooklyn Nets have been going the way that they have. But Brooklyn catching three here and this is the note that i wanted to bring up with brooklyn since they're playing at home because remember no Kyrie irving we know the kevin durant's out there no ben simmons these these lineups have been extremely shorthanded and really pressed for offense last six games for the brooklyn nets at home one in five straight up and against the spread negative 11.2 net rating and offense it's putting up just 103.8 points per 100 possessions that matters right just you're, you're if you're wondering why only the last six games well, that coincides with the loss of James Harden. That coincides with these lineups that they've been putting out there. Now, Seth Curry has been a part of this team now as of late, so he has helped them in terms of their offense. But even that home game against the Sacramento Kings, their offensive rating in that game was still, I think it was like 106, 107. It wasn't even that good in the game against the Sacramento Kings. So this is a Brooklyn Nets team that is hurting for offense. On the flip side, though, Toronto gets absolutely destroyed by Charlotte the other night and OG Ananobi. Uh, not in the starting lineup the other day. It looks like he's not going to play here against the Brooklyn Nets either. So I would just caution, you know, I would expect that the market, given what we've seen from the Brooklyn Nets at home, would probably be on the side of the Toronto Raptors here. But OG, no OG and Anobi kind of turns me off. And we're, we're getting to the point where even with the Brooklyn Nets at home, as much as they have struggled in the last few games without all these offensive guys on the floor, it, it, I, we're getting to the point where I think I'd rather be on Brooklyn at home than anything else. I don't think I'd be betting them here in this spot. But if you're, hey, pick a side. I wouldn't be uh, rushing, I'll say, to lay the points there on the road with the Toronto Raptors. And then finally, uh, let's talk about the San Antonio Spurs and the Memphis Grizzlies because uh, this is going to be a pretty fascinating one as Memphis, right? We talk about races and seeding because these matters now. These matter now. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. I mentioned that the Golden State Warriors should be smelling blood in the water with what's going on with the Phoenix Suns. Well, the Memphis Grizzlies are probably doing the same with the Golden State Warriors. Grizzlies right now only one and a half games back from Golden State, who, by the way, that game is just final. Dallas did end up winning that one, 107 to 101. 
So that's a comeback, uh, quite the comeback from the Dallas Mavericks. And now the Memphis Grizzlies are sitting back. They're an eight and a half point favorite against the San Antonio Spurs. And winning these games, again, they hold the tiebreaker over the Golden State Warriors, regardless of what happens in their last regular season matchup. These games matter for the Memphis Grizzlies, who I think want to grab that second overall seed. But uh, what to watch here for the San Antonio Spurs against the Memphis Grizzlies. As I mentioned the other day, the San Antonio Spurs a little shorthanded against the Miami Heat. So we'll see if they're going to have uh, any of these guys out there. But Doug McDermott, questionable to play. Romeo Langford, questionable to play as well. Does look like you're going to get a couple of these guys back in the starting lineup. Namely, of course... Um, your point guard, DeJounte Murray. All right, we'll come back. Let's take a look a little bit deeper at the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. Uh, Tibbs just keeps banging his head into the wall, but something happened today that might give the Knickerbocker fans hopes. We'll talk about that with Will Hill on the other side. A lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com. Check the current betting splits data. New feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits, another way, VEASAN is here to make you smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Another way VEASAN is trying to make you a smarter, better, all of these city casts, and one of the ones you should check out, all of them, uh, but the New York City cast, of course, hosted, run by Will Hill, points per weekly contributor, uh, Lombardi line regular, just all around good guy, is nice enough to join, give us a couple of time, a couple of minutes today, and it is late on the East Coast, so appreciate it. It's 10-15, my conversion skills, off the charts. All right, Will, uh, let's talk about a couple of things from the New York perspective, namely what we saw from the New... Well, we'll start with the New York Knicks. We'll get to the 76er side of things, but I wanted to bring this up to you because when you had me on your pod last... Uh, we talked about this, and I think we're kind of starting to see Tibbs. Are we starting to see him adjust a little bit here? I'm going to read you a couple of things, and you'll get where I'm going with this. Emmanuel quickly, 26 minutes today. Jericho Sims, 18. Obi Toppin, Cam Reddish, 17 and 16. Actually had a lineup out there at one point that I think it was Sims, Toppin, Reddish, quickly, and Evan Fournier. Is Tibbs actually starting to give the young guys some run here? I mean, it's not that hard to figure out, is it? You're what, 12, 13 games under 500? You're going nowhere. I mean, play the younger guys. Not only play the younger guys because it's better for the future, but 
the younger guys are kind of better right now as well. It's really uh, it's kind of troubling if, if you're a Knicks fan that it took this long to realize when the rest of us are sitting here saying, all right, like, what are you waiting for? Um, I thought the young guys played pretty well today. You know, I, I thought they showed you something. It just could not keep the Sixers off of the foul line. I mean, uh, I gave out Sixers plus eight and a half today in the morning. And, man, that's a tough one. You're up three in the fourth quarter. And, uh, just got away from you there. That was a, that's a tough beat. But, yeah, the, the young guys looked good. Uh, you know, again, what took you so long if you're the Knicks, if you're Tibbs? You're not going anywhere. You know, some run at a 10 seed's not happening, even if it did. I mean, who cares? Not a big deal. Play Reddish, play the young guys. Uh, I'm not sure what took so long. Yep. And if uh, for those who haven't seen them, uh, I would recommend Jericho Sims goes out there today. Uh, doesn't score, but has 10 rebounds, two assists, a steal, a block. Uh, played admirably against Joel Embiid, but ultimately uh, got out of that game with all of those fouls. But finished uh, actually as the only Nick. How about this? Jericho Sims, the only Nick with a positive plus minus. He was plus one, the Nick, uh, when he was on the floor. So, again, some pretty intriguing young pieces for the Knickerbockers. We'll see if that works out. All right, so you watched him up close today. You got two games under the belt for Harden and Embiid. What'd you think? What'd you think of them today? What have you seen from the last two? Oh man, it's gonna work. I mean, you and I are similar. I don't think you know we do the hot take stuff. We don't overreact, but uh, I, I think there was some uncertainty come in, coming in. And I think there is still some, you know, to some degree, whether it's uh, transition defense, bench defense, a backup five. Is there enough three point shooting? Uh, I do think Maxie's just gonna be a perfect third piece next to those other two. And Harden looks motivated. He looks in shape. He looks motivated. Uh, and you just have two brilliant offensive players, you know, usually more times than not, it's going to work out. And uh, it, it looks good. Those two guys, you know, in beating hard and they're going to live at the free throw line. Uh, you do worry about that in the playoffs. Maybe you don't get as friendly of a whistle. Uh, the game's a little looser, but man, it's about as good as you could hope for, for the Sixers. Again, not to overreact it's the T wolves. It's the Knicks. Uh, and again, that game was a three-point game uh, in the Knicks' favor pretty late, but uh, about as good as you could hope for for the Sixers. And you look around, I think you and I have been on the same page here where it's like, all right, it's still the Bucks to lose. Uh, you know, at what point do you have to start worrying about the Bucks? I mean, that was a terrible loss on Saturday night mm-hmm. to lead most of the way, fall behind, then come back. I mean, usually the, the big underdog, you know, nine-and-a-half, ten-point underdog, once they made the run and you kind of take control of the game, it, it's very unusual that underdog makes that second run and, and steals the game. Uh, in Milwaukee, that's kind of unforgivable. I mean, first game out of the break, you know, it's one thing if it's a Tuesday night in the middle of the season, you traveled, you're tired, you know, you let one get away. But this is, you know, you had a week, eight days off. Uh, you're home. You haven't played well for a while. You haven't defended well for a while. Uh, at some point, you got to start to worry about Milwaukee. I've, I've been the no panic guy, but uh, I'm starting to reverse my course here. I'm starting to, you know, be concerned about their playoff outlook. Yeah, it's definitely. So I talked about this uh, in the first hour. It's definitely on the radar now at this point. So for that game, I actually had Bucks first quarter because I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this for a full game given the way that they've been playing. They go on a late run in the first quarter, they cover, and you're like, okay. Well, maybe they're going to start to pull away here and, and beat up on the the Nets. And ultimately, as you said, not only do they blow it, but they lose that game. So how about these some of these numbers, Will, since the beginning of January for the Milwaukee Bucks? And I think this ties into the MVP, says, uh, MVP race as well. But for Milwaukee, since January 1st, 12-12 and 12 straight up, 9-15 and 15 against the spread, only plus 2.2 in terms of their net rating, and a defense that's given up 113.7 points per 100 possessions. Not good. I think the Bucks optimists would say throughout the numbers, we've seen teams that have won championships flip the switch. You know, they, they didn't have much of an offseason. Remember, they won the championship mid-late July. So maybe there's just that mid-season malaise. But, you know, at some point, you got to show it. Uh, at some point, you got to show it. They definitely missed Lopez. Uh, I think they missed Connaughton. I, you know, they didn't really do much of the deadline. Who knows what they're going to get out of Serge Ibaka. Um, yeah, it's a concern. It's definitely a concern. I, I think if you gave me truth serum and said pick the East winner, 
Uh, you know, right now I would have said Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. Right now I, I think I would have said Sixers. I, I think you know uh, Patrick Maher asked me this morning on the Barty line who I liked. I said, you know what? I'm kind of changing my mind to the Sixers. I just don't trust the Bucks, but. You know, it should be an awesome East playoffs. Usually you get one or two of these series that are just awful, completely unwatchable, where you get a sweep, you know, five games, five game series. You know, one through eight should be pretty competitive. You got the next Nets in the play and the Raptors are pretty good. Uh, the Celtics, it was a terrible loss today, but the Celtics, uh, you know, can beat pretty much anybody. So it should be a pretty good uh, Eastern Conference playoffs, a really good Eastern Conference playoffs. Yep. And uh, how about the news today, too, as we ship this back toward uh, these uh, New York teams? So Shams comes out and we get the announcement. Uh, the vaccine mandate has been lifted. It's going to get out of here on March 7th. But the private, you know, the private sector workers, those guys, it's not really actually going to work out. Kyrie can now watch the games if he wants, but he cannot play in the games. Now, it does seem like we're heading in the direction of this thing getting lifted, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't sound like it's going to happen anytime soon, Will. And on top of that, Ben Simmons, a report comes out on Saturday that, oh, yeah, this back thing, it's actually pretty serious and he, he's pretty sore. Maybe this extends the return time. I ultimately lead to this. This Nets team, when they play at home, right, they have Kyrie Irving, they have a creator, they have a wizard when they're hitting the road. But these last six games since Harden has left, and you're talking about these bare-bone rosters when they're playing at home, one and five straight up and against the spread, some of the worst offensive numbers you're going to see. They seem to potentially be a play against team. I don't want to get too far into it, but I do feel like this Nets team, until, until we get this reversed and until Durant comes back, this does not seem like a team worth backing when they're playing at home. Yeah, and I think stealing that win versus the Knicks right before the All-Star break and stealing a game last night, that's enough to probably just keep you in that 7-8 of the play-in. So those are pretty big wins. But, yeah, I was starting to look at the lines for tomorrow. I see it's uh, Toronto minus 2.5 in Brooklyn. Uh, Toronto's played terribly since the start of the All-Star, since the end of the All-Star break. Uh, I, I would be on Toronto tomorrow. I would expect them to bounce back. That's uh you know, it's a well-run franchise. That's a, that's a, you know, they, they give a lot of effort. I would expect them to bounce back against a, a really shorthanded Nets team tomorrow. OGN and Obi uh, out for Toronto too, so we'll see if that's going to happen. But the real big news uh, is from Steve Nash right before that Milwaukee game on Saturday. Looks like Kevin Durant's going to come back in the next week, Will. And uh, going through the schedule, it seems like the most likely return date for him is going to be Thursday against Miami. Uh, what are you expecting from Durant when he comes back on Thursday against the Heat? I'm expecting Durant. I'm expecting him to, to hit basically every shot he takes. He I'm expecting greatness because that's that's kind of what he does. Uh, again, though, he's not going to be playing every night. He's not going to be playing 40 minutes. They're going to take it easy with him uh, after this long layoff. So, again, that's going to keep the Nets probably in this play, and you're still going to miss probably four or five games down the stretch just – you know, load management, managing his minutes. So uh, I'm sure it'll be great when he's on the floor. Uh, again, you always have to worry about a setback with him. He's a guy who's had a lot of injuries. Kyrie's had a lot of injuries. So you're always kind of holding your breath with the Nets. But I guess you could say that for any of these teams. But yeah, I expect Durant to be Durant when he comes back. So it's a pretty big matchup. I mean, it's kind of like a preview of a series we might see, right? If if Brooklyn, for example, uh, wins the seventh seed, then potentially you have a 2-7 matchup between Miami and Brooklyn. If they win the eighth seed, then it could be a 1-8 matchup between Miami and Brooklyn. When we talk about these Eastern Conference contenders, where have you fallen here with the Miami Heat? I have some reservations about them offensively, but defensively, if Kyle Lowry's going to play, he's had some personal issues that have kept him off the court recently. It's going to keep him off the court tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, like you, you were talking about like coming off of Milwaukee and going a different direction. I actually find myself, if I was going to go in a different direction, attracted more so to Miami right now, mainly because I don't know what's happening with Philadelphia. It's only two games, but what have you made of the Heat? Yeah, I mean, the Sixers and Nets get a lot of attention because of the trade and Harden and Simmons. The Bucks are the defending champs. The Heat are sitting there like, hey, what about us? You know, uh, Hero, Lowry, Butler, Adebayo, they've only put, uh, played a combined, I think, 59 minutes together all year. 
they're not afraid of anybody. They probably have the best coach in the sport. I, I think you hit on something though. The offense, the offense in the playoffs when it's a half court game, when they can't score in transition, when the defense is able to get set. They're just kind of mediocre, below average uh, offensively. Do they have enough bucket getters when the game slows down and becomes a half-court game? That's the concern. But look, all these teams have concerns. Uh, you know, I think they're probably, you know, the best value. I think they're five, six to one to win the East. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't pick them, but hey, you're going to be the one seed. You got a great coach. You got you know some gamers on the team. They're they're definitely interesting. And you know, like I was saying earlier, it makes for just a really good, really competitive Eastern Conference playoffs. All right, Will, uh, we're uh, up against it. Let people know where the work is, New York CityCast 2, when it gets posted, where they can find it. Yes, sir. VEASAN.com slash podcast. Had the Bear Chris Felica on last week. You were on a week or so ago, so check it out. I've uh, been giving out some winners. It's a lot of fun, so check it out. Good to talk to you, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, JVT. Take care, man. Yep, you got it. At not the Will Hill up on Twitter is where you can give Will a follow. All right, we got the last 30 minutes here, the first edition of the live version of Hardwood Handicappers. We'll wrap up looking at the uh, Monday schedule, and then we'll uh, get out of here by looking at the best games of the week, and that does include that matchup between Brooklyn and Miami. How can it not be if Kevin Durant's going to make his return that day? Today. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. Get an early start on your college hoops tournament betting with VEASAN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th with six hours of free live video streaming on VEASAN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VEASAN college hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson. We'll analyze every game, discuss with the bookmakers making the lines, and find the best early value for you. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket around one tournament betting with a VEASAN College Hoops expert on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on VEASAN.com. I think I get to participate. That'll be fun. Love Selection Sunday. Love College Hoops. I was actually just chatting with Greg Hoops Peterson, who is going to be here in about 30 minutes as part of another new addition to the lineup. Uh, March the Madness is going to start at 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 o'clock for those of you on the East Coast. Two hours of pure, unadulterated Greg Hoops, Peterson, and college basketball talk leading into the look ahead. But a uh, little bit of a change in the back end of your Sunday lineups here on VSIN as we get hot and heavy into uh, hoop season with both the NBA and college basketball. And of course, conference tournaments right around the corner. So we're getting a little hot, hotter and a little heavier when it comes to college hoops. Uh, really quickly, Score update on the two games we have live right now. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers got off to a pretty good start, but that good start was ultimately just that. The New Orleans Pelicans have a 19-15 lead here with 2.27 left to go. Pelicans went off as about a three-point underdog. Market was really strong. And just to focus on this really quickly, because I think this is an important tool when we're talking about NBA betting, especially when it comes to these line moves, because these lines, as you know, uh, are very fluid. The market tends to react to known information, right? And to expand on what we're talking about when – when I say that, we mentioned this with Doug uh, Kazarian. So LeBron James is mentioned on the injury report as questionable today, right? If you read anything about the Los Angeles Lakers, though, and if you saw anything when it came to the Lakers, you understood that while he was going to be on the injury report as questionable, you, you were 95% going to get LeBron James out there. Not in terms of his health. I'm saying there was a 95% chance we're going to get LeBron James out there today, right? But the market doesn't want to react to 95%. It wants to know that LeBron is out there. So once it's officially confirmed that LeBron is going to be in the starting lineup, what happens? Well, the number goes from one and a half to two to two and a half, and then ultimately closes at three at some spots. So just 
I would I would be wary of reacting, you know, to information that is known. I'll put it that way. The one and a half that was put up there in terms of this Lakers line against the New Orleans Pelicans, that was a line that considered LeBron James to be active and playing. But the market pushed it up when it was official that it was active and playing, and you weren't getting any sort of a discount there. So plenty of time. They had a lead against the Clippers the other day and blew it and lost that game. So a early lead in the first quarter doesn't mean much in an NBA contest. We hell, we just watched the Dallas Mavericks going a twenty-six to one run to beat the uh, Dallas, excuse me, the Golden State Warriors. But again, early lead for the Pelicans. And also 9.04 left to go in the third. The Portland Trailblazers, who were oh so plucky right before the All-Star break, have lost a lot of that pluck, got smacked around by the Warriors coming out of the break and are getting smacked around again, not by as much, uh, up by, or excuse me, down by 14 points, 70 to 54. Make that 16 as the bucket just goes in. Uh, Nikola Jokic, how about this stat line? To give you an idea of how the day is going for the uh, Denver Nuggets, it's pretty much everybody else but Nikola Jokic. Four points, nine assists, and 11 rebounds for Jokic. Uh, he's just sitting back and letting the other kids get at it. So 16 and a half, live spread, live money line, 2,800. Okay, tomorrow, let's talk about a couple more of these games as we look ahead to Monday. We'll start with Minnesota at Cleveland. So this is a, an interesting matchup because Minnesota Minnesota's a team that I'm really high on. Before the season started, bet them at about plus 695 here at Circa to uh, get to the postseason. Uh, right now in the range of minus 380 to minus 400, depending on where you shop for your yes-no playoff prices, coming off of a loss to Philadelphia. They got off to a really great start coming out of the break. Uh, they got a home win as a one-and-a-half-point underdog over the Memphis Grizzlies, then just run into the buzzsaw in the second leg of a back-to-back. That was the Philadelphia 76ers that went to Minnesota because we know how good Joel Embiid and James Harden have been up to this point. What makes this game interesting is that I think people are going to look at this and go, wait a minute, Cleveland – a home underdog. What are we talking about here? Cleveland's been one of the best teams against the spread in the NBA. They're covering at 57.9%. The problem is, is that yet again, Darius Garland and Karis LeVert are not going to play here for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And without those two out there, this was already an extremely limited offensive team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they are just that yet again, uh, without these two guys out there on the floor against the Pistons. In the first game out of the break, they close the six-point favorites on the road against Detroit. Both Karis LeVert and Darius Garland do not play. Lo and behold, they lose that game outright. Fail, of course, to cover as a six-point favorite. They are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against Washington the other day. They win that game 92-86, to but ultimately do not cover. So you can see that the power rating is now starting to take its hit because that we know those two guys aren't going to be on the floor here for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are flawed defensively, but still have enough on the defensive end, especially when they play their helter-skelter type of defense where they're blitzing ball screens, jumping into passing lanes, forcing turnovers. They're starting to play a little bit more drop coverage as of late. So you'll probably see a little bit more of that here in a matchup where it's going to be very front court oriented for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Can understand why they open up as a road favorite here, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I would venture a guess as we're looking at right now, two on the screen, um, some spots one and a half. I would say that this is probably going to climb up a little bit higher than one and a half in favor of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So if you want to lay this, I would lay the overnight now because without Darius Garland and Karis LeVert on the floor, uh, there really is no reason for the Cleveland Cavaliers to be favored in this match, or at least by my own handicap. And the total, 222 and a half, would expect that to dip because you just don't know where the offense production is going to come from for the Cleveland Cavaliers with their two main ball handlers out there. Indiana Pacers on the road against the Orlando Magic. That's going to be part of tomorrow as well. I'll bring you back to the trend that we talked about here for the Indiana Pacers in the first hour because it came to fruition again. And uh, until you see a massive adjustment, 
Uh, probably is going to continue to happen here, but Indiana Pacers since the beginning of January 29th in defensive efficiency, 19 and seven to the over Indiana Pacers games are over that same time span. Now it is the Orlando magic who are a very, very poor offensive team. So I'll give you some pause, uh, but Orlando has been slightly a little bit uh, to the over in terms of the way they have played this season in terms of a spread or playing this at home, Orlando, a two point favorite, with a total of uh, 229 and a half. So you see that slight adjustment, but Orlando has been atrocious in playing at home this season. Kind of odd. You know, sometimes you see these home teams that are, excuse me, these bad teams at home perform at a little bit of a higher clip. The Oklahoma City Thunder, for example, great as a home underdog. But 719 and 1 ATS, the Orlando Magic are against the Indiana Pacers. So not really the team that I want to back. And also, I guess, do you want to call this a little bit of a revenge spot? It's beginning of February, right before the break. The Indiana Pacers were actually taking on the Orlando Magic at home. Blew a double-digit lead in that game. Ultimately lost outright as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, 119 to 118. So that matchup, pretty fresh in the minds here. But again, 19-7 to the over for the Indiana Pacers over the last 26 games. We'll see if that trend continues tomorrow against the Orlando Magic. Also on the card for tomorrow, Charlotte Hornets at the Milwaukee Bucks. This is fascinating. So, obviously, the Charlotte Hornets on the second leg of a back-to-back. We just watched them lose in overtime on a Kelly Olenek buzzer beater. How about that? 2022, Kelly Olenek still hitting these things, huh? But the thing to watch here is that the Charlotte Hornets have been a pain in the ass for the Milwaukee Bucks this year in a big way. The Milwaukee Bucks are 0-2 against the spread against the Charlotte Hornets this season. And that transition style of play, the up-and-down quick nature, the three-point shooting, the Charlotte Hornets are a high-frequency team in terms of three-point shots. It has bothered the Milwaukee Bucks this year. And while they have won against the Charlotte Hornets, covering has been another issue for the Milwaukee Bucks. So up to this point, we have seen them play three games. It is a slight lead in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks at 2-1 in the series, but Charlotte has covered these games. And you can tell the difference. A net rating and a 2-1 record straight up, 0-3 ATS for the Milwaukee Bucks, just a plus 2.9 net rating for Milwaukee in this series. So their fourth game up to this point in the regular season but Charlotte has been a very good matchup for the Milwaukee Bucks. But you wonder, again, second leg of a back-to-back. You don't get injury reports until later in the day, so you always want to keep an eye on that in terms of maybe some late additions to the injury report for the Milwaukee, or excuse me, for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, and we go back to what we talked about with Milwaukee overall since the beginning of January for them. A very, a very much a losing record. Only nine covers since the beginning of January for the Milwaukee Bucks. Nine and 15 ATS and a defensive rating of just 113.7. However... I will say this for Milwaukee. They have been a team that has responded well to poor showings, and especially poor showings at home. And what I mean by that, if you go right back to January 30th, they had a home game against the Denver Nuggets. They were a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They lost that game by 36 points, got blown out 136 to 100. They came back, ripped off four straight wins and covers. They beat Washington and covered as an 11-and-a-half-point favorite, beat up on Portland by almost 30 as a 10-and-a-half-point favorite, won and covered very comfortably against the Clippers at home, and, of course, took care of business in a big way and beat down the Lakers as a 3-and-a-half-point favorite at home. So Milwaukee does have a history of performing somewhat poorly and then responding in a very big way in the following game, and you wonder if catching a uh, Charlotte Hornets team that's kind of sliding at this point right now, well, they did get a win against Toronto coming out of the break. They are now... 2-10 straight up in their last 12 games. But really good matchup. One that's going to be worth watching and a lot of fun because those two teams have played some very big back-and-forth affairs. But keep an eye on the injury report as you move into tomorrow. And then last but not least, Sacramento Kings at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Lengthy injury report for the Oklahoma City Thunder tomorrow. And a lot of important guys, including, of course, Josh Giddey, uh, among Lugan Stort on this list. 
and uh, the others, as we know, Kenrich Williams, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl. So Shea Gilders Alexander will be out there, but Josh Giddy's been a very important piece as their leading point guard for this team. All right, we'll come back. We'll take a look at the rest of the week in the NBA as we uh, take a gander at the top games of the week, including what could be Kevin Durant's returns from injury coming up on Thursday. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. What's up, folks? Last couple of minutes, but before we get back to the NBA, a reminder that you can get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy. I think there's a mistake on this. Only $19? Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, on every key team, conference a player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today. Get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at VEASAN.com. We're going to go underwater with prices like this. What are we doing? I don't run this show. So I have nothing to say about it. But what a deal. What a steal. Um, speaking of steals, the Denver Nuggets have six, and they are up by only 13, though, over the Portland Trailblazers. How about that segue as we update what's going on on these games uh, that are live? But who cares about that? Well, kind of kidding. You know, the Portland Trailblazers at one point were about a, I think, in-game. What did we see? About 20, 20 and a half in terms of the spread for the in-game here? Uh, regardless, only up by 13, the Denver Nuggets have a uh, – Eight, eight and a half point favorite, depending on where you shop at close against Portland. Uh, Nikola Jokic, by the way. So we talked about before the game started a uh, something to monitor when it came to Nikola Jokic. Not a play, but it was going to be interesting. I, I keep saying his name. If I ever met him in person, I feel like this is so insulting. But I'll say it again. Against Trendon Watford and the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Uh, their center at this point, he's part of the center rotation. But anyway, center rotation is a pretty big nightmare. And so you wonder... How do they match up with Nikola Jokic? Well, his points, rebounds, and assists prop was at 48 and a half. Uh, right now, he's got 26, excuse me, he's got 16 rebounds, 10 assists, and 8 points. Now, again, I'm not great, but I think that's 34, math on the fly. So you're approaching that with about 349 left to go. It'll be a little bit of a sweat if you bet that over, but 16 rebounds for Nikola Jokic, 15 on the defensive end of the floor. They got no answer for him on the glass. And the other side of things, a transition layup from one Talon Horton Tucker has the New Orleans Pelicans only up 31-24. 
with 9.18 left to go in the first half. C.J. McCollum with a couple of nifty passes for a dime or two, but uh, ultimately the Pelicans, who closes three-point underdogs, have an early lead in the first half over the Los Angeles Lakers. Make it nine after Jonas Valanciunas finishes 33-24. to 24. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So let's take a look at the week that will be in the NBA. So as we kind of, as we move forward here on Hardwood Handicappers, we'll also do a better job of looking at the scheduling situations for a lot of these games as we move forward. We're only three days into the second half, so there's not really a lot of three games in four nights and all the four games in seven nights. Some of these teams playing, uh, you know, five and seven, whatever it is. So we'll always take a look at the week that will be, uh, but it's worth looking at some of the top games of the week as well. We have one of them tomorrow. We went over at the top of this hour, but Chicago on the road against Miami, a very big one because these two teams, of course, reside on top of the Eastern Conference at this point right now, and this will go a long way in toward deciding this. Miami already has a 2-0 series lead in the regular season. So Heat need a win, as do the Bulls, but the Bulls desperately need one more, and the Heat will be without Kyle Lowry tomorrow due to personal reasons. But despite that, line up to 3.5 total at 224.5. So let's go to the rest of the week. Tuesday brings us a couple of contests that are pretty fascinating. First off, Atlanta on the road against Boston. So Boston today, it's hard to maintain uh, winning night after night after night. And the Celtics, as we know, won 11 out of 13 games going into the break or 11 out of 12, whatever it was. I had one nine straight. We're doing spectacular. They come out, they barely get by the Pistons, and they lose to the Indiana Pacers today. It's, it's hard in this league to consistently win. This game matters, though, because Boston right now, uh, their lead, tenuous, only two over the Toronto Raptors, who are the seventh seed. So they're trying to maintain that distance between them and the seventh or them and the play-in at this point. And the Atlanta Hawks, um, their lead, I would say, is somewhat tenuous over the Washington Wizards for the outside looking in. Oh, outside looking in. OLI? Yeah, OLI. Uh, the Washington Wizards, of course, are not very good, so the Hawks could stumble into a final play in berth. But regardless, Hawks need to continue to win. They also consistently uh, are inconsistent. But also why this matters for Atlanta, as Charlotte loses today, they and Charlotte are now tied in terms of record and Ten and a half games right now behind um, the first overall seed. That doesn't matter. But regardless, Hornets hold the tiebreaker because of win percentage. They're up by one in the loss column. So this is important because Atlanta is going to make the difference in hosting or going to Charlotte, and it would be, be uh, the secondary play-in or the two teams that need to win to get to another play-in round. So Atlanta on the road against Boston, two teams needing wins and needing to maintain their positions in the standings will play each other. They played each other right before the All-Star break. Atlanta actually had a double-digit lead in that game, but ultimately held to under a point per possession, and Boston comes back in the second half, gets a win over the Hawks. Also tomorrow, one of two games between Brooklyn and Toronto that would take place over the next three days. So this is very big because, as we know, this is a matchup of 7-8 and eight in the Eastern Conference playing matchup right now. So a win for Brooklyn would put them at home. You would think Brooklyn now. It doesn't matter, right? Kyrie can't play in Toronto. You want to play at home because there is a chance, while well, this vaccine mandate, for those of us who went in the first hour, the vaccine mandate has been will be repealed on March 7th, but only to a certain extent. Workers like Kyrie Irving still will not be able to play They'll be able to watch the games, won't be able to play. So Brooklyn at Toronto, one of two games this week that will be very important in deciding the difference in the seventh and the eighth seed right now for at least tomorrow, because one of them will take place on Monday. Uh, you're seeing Toronto as a three-point favorite on the road. So we'll see if that maintains itself again. OG and Anobi not going to be in the lineup. And we know Boston, again, one and five straight up in ATS in their last six games with a very, very putrid offensive rating of about 105 in those home games since Harden left the lineup. Wednesday, how about this week for Miami? This is a brutal week for the Miami Heat because they have tomorrow 
You have to play host of the Chicago Bulls without Kyle Lowry. We'll see if Lowry, because remember, it's personal reasons for Lowry, and personal reasons kept him out of nine games a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was a very long stretch for him. So now we get to Wednesday, where Miami will be on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks. So Miami has a really brutal week this week. Not only do you have to battle for the first seed in the Eastern Conference, then you go on the road to take on Milwaukee. And while we talked about the struggles of Milwaukee and how inconsistent the Bucks have been, this is still a very good team. And we know how this rivalry has been, right? Two matchups in the postseason, two series that have been lopsided for each in terms of their meetings, right, in the bubble. And then, of course, what we saw last season. So Miami, of course, is going to be looking at this, uh, I would think, with some importance. And again, trying to maintain that lead over Chicago. You can't drop as many. And how about this? Not only does Miami have Chicago on Monday, then they have Milwaukee on Wednesday. It's the front end of a back-to-back because on Thursday, they get to play in Brooklyn against the Nets, which ultimately sounds like is going to be Kevin Durant's return. So this is an insane week for the Miami Heat with games against Chicago, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, two of which are on the road, and one of which could be the return of Kevin Durant from a long-term injury. So keep an eye on Miami, and that's going to be the third game in four nights for Miami when they take on the Brooklyn Nets. Could be a play against spot, could be shorthanded without Kyle Lowry. So again, circle that when we get up to Thursday for the Miami Heat on the road against the Brooklyn Nets. Also on Thursday, very big game and a rematch of what we just saw on Friday night. The Los Angeles Lakers will be on the road against the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers, of course, maintain their lead uh, in terms of the wild card race. Had a good comeback today against the Houston Rockets. 99-98, the final there, and the comeback for the Los Angeles Clippers. But the Clippers currently in control of the eighth seed in the Western Conference and ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers. Sorry, I got distracted by Nikola Jokic. And ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers for what could be the ultimately deciding game in the play-in between eight and nine. Uh, for the final seed at the postseason table. So that's going to be on Thursday. Then you get to Friday, Milwaukee on the road against Chicago, one of three matchups that these two teams have in the rest of the seven weeks left in the regular season. But this is where it gets pretty important, I think, because Chicago, as we talk about the schedule and the games that they are going to have to be going through here and the fact that they are still shorthanded, Chicago you could see ultimately losing to Miami on Monday, then, of course, coming in later in the week, losing to Milwaukee on Friday. This could be the start of a you know a tumultuous slide down the standings for the Chicago Bulls. And if that's going to be the case, I mean, the Eastern Conference as a whole, I mean, if you look at the way that this thing is structured, a fall from two to five, six is actually not really uh, out of this world. And remember, the Chicago Bulls have the second hardest schedule left in the NBA And this week is the beginning of that. But right now, Chicago, just a four-game lead over Boston for the sixth seed, only a six-game lead over Toronto for the seventh seed. So we're talking about the Golden State Warriors potentially pushing Phoenix for that first overall seed now that they're shorthanded and sliding here. Well, the same could be said for Chicago, who could find themselves going from second to sixth by the time we reach the end. And this is a difficult schedule that they have to deal with. And then finally, let's put the cherry on top of this thing. So again, to recap, Miami has Chicago on Monday. They have Milwaukee on Wednesday, the front end of a back-to-back, which uh, concludes Thursday against the Brooklyn Nets. Their fourth game in six days on Saturday for Miami will be the Philadelphia 76ers. So this is going to be a brutal week for the Heat, man. And we're going to see a lot of them because a lot of these games are going to be on TV. But watching what the Miami Heat are going to be capable of going through this stretch, this is going to be a gauntlet for the Miami Heat this week as they move forward into the week that is going to be very important in terms of the standings in the Eastern Conference. Uh, With that, 
Appreciate you tuning in. We're all done. Hardwood Handicappers will be here every single Sunday night. Of course, Sundays, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. And, of course, if you miss out on any part of this, it'll be part of the usual podcast for you, Hardwood Handicappers. With that, crew behind the glass, it's always good to come back here on Sunday nights. So we can't wait to work with you for the rest of the NBA season. Greg Hoops-Peterson on the March to Madness coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.